Cheers. Cheers. Mm, I'm Kana. And I'm Andy. Welcome to Diplomacy Games, the podcast about the game diplomacy and everything associated with it. You'd be mistaken for thinking it's a drinking podcast, but it's really not. It's a game. It's about the game. (laughs) But I think the thing that we need to consider uh, normally, Kana, is we, we start this show with a wide series of tangents for about 15, 20 minutes before we actually start talking about diplomacy. Yeah. But we're, we're joined today, hopefully, by a number of new listeners who may not really have much exposure to the game. True. So the, the, the reason for that is that we've just... Uh, when was it? Was it a week or two ago? Oh, it would have been just over a week ago, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we did an interview with someone who has a long history and love of the game, yes. but isn't really known for his diplomacy love. Yes. He's known for something very, very different. And I'm absolutely delighted to have been part of the interview with Harry Turtledove. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, Ambie, for organising all of that. Like it was, um, well, it was, a, it was a joy to talk to the guy. Yeah. Put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, very, very quickly, for those of you who are actually Harry Turtledove fans and have come to us either, you know, you've found out about it via his Twitter feed or, or whatever like that, just some context. Um, Harry will talk about the game Diplomacy and why he loves it, but Diplomacy is um, a board game that can also be played online with seven players. It basically kind of recreates the realpolitik of uh, pre-World War One Europe where alliance systems can be quite fluid and you're all in it to do what's best for you. I think, I think the great thing about this game is that all the turns, they happen at the same time and you put the orders in the, at, into the box and they're read at yep. the same time. So the, the, the human element of the game of diplomacy is really grand. You yep. know? And as, as I believe Harry mentions in the interview um, it's great for human watching and to um, just to get a feel of what human nature's like yeah. in, in, in a simulated war yeah yeah so um, one thing we'll just mention very quickly if you are uh, never heard of the game or don't know very much about it and you're here for the interview awesome um, listen to the interview listen to us and talk a little bit about it afterwards and then if it you know interests you hang around a bit more in the podcast or there's plenty of other ways you can kind of get involved in the game as well and we'll jump into that post-interview we will so let's go to the interview hey here's harry turtledove cheers harry turtledove welcome to the to the show thank you very much um, I, I guess both myself and, and kana have um, been fans of your books over many many years probably too many years, and we're now starting to show our rage. Um, but one thing we've really kind of appreciated is that whole dynamic of alternative history. What got you into that the very, very first time in writing, just as a, as a as first question? Well, when I was 14 or 15 years old, I found a copy of L. Sprague de Camp's Lest Darkness Fall, in a second-hand bookstore, and I bought it because I'd read some other things by DeCamp and enjoyed them. And it dropped a modern American archaeologist, while modern when it was written in the late 1930s, into the world of 6th century Italy. 
and it's it's a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court kind of story. And I got very interested, and I started trying to find out how much DeCamp was making up, which turned out to be very little, and how much was real, which turned out to be most of it, except for the American archaeologist. And I got interested in the history of the Byzantine Empire, which was at that time trying to reconquer Italy from the Ostrogoths who were ruling it. And this book changed my entire life because I was a red-hot science person, which is probably why I was interested in science fiction to begin with. And I was thinking of becoming an astronomer, and I got into the California Institute of Technology, and I flunked out of the California Institute of Technology at the end of my freshman year because I couldn't do calculus. Uh, as a result of that, I needed something else to get an education about, and I ended up studying Byzantine history at UCLA, and I ended up with a doctorate in Byzantine history wow. at UCLA. You want fries with that? <laughs> that? That sounds as bad as my Bachelor of Arts from my university, where if you go to the... Um, I remember going to um, the, the toilet or the bathroom in the American parlance um, mm-hmm. and sitting down on the lavatory and basically where the uh, the toilet roll holder is, someone had scrawled over the type, you know, collect your Bachelor of Arts here. Yeah, that's, 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 that was about the size of it. <laughs> and as a result of this, though, you know, it, it's because of, DeCamp's Less Darkness Fall that I became a historian, and I was still a science fiction person, but when you're a historian who is also a science fiction person, you think less about the future and what that will look like by a change in the present. You start to think of what the present might look like as a result of a change in the past. And that's basically how I became somebody who writes a lot of alternate history. I mean, it's the same extrapolative technique that's used in other forms of science fiction, but it's applied at a different point on the timeline. So, you know, that's that's most of what I do these days. I, um, you know, I've, I've been reading your books since, um, well, since the turn of the since 2000, Harry, and um, mm-hmm. I, I've uh, imagined my surprise when, you know, here's me and Ambie where we've got a podcast about diplomacy and a couple of years ago I started on your Super Volcano um, trilogy and I'm about halfway through and, you know, out of the woods, one of your characters um, as, a, as a way of, you know, dealing with no internet and, you know, he's, he's going through World of Warcraft withdrawals um, he stumbles upon the game of diplomacy, um, and, and they, 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 they learn how to he learns how to play it with his friends, and it turns into this really um, amazing little kind of tangent in the story. And um, I loved it. I, I mean, it was, it, was, it was just a great little aside because it's something I, I I love this game. I love the alternative history nature of the game in that you know you're basically dropped into 1901 and it's it's um, rewrite what happened it's a great what if game um, oh, yes. 
Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I, I guess my, my, my question is, because you write it so well, have you had ex- what's your experience with the game of diplomacy um, in well, that space? I, I, I mentioned that I, that I went to uh, Caltech for a year, and I learned the game there. Uh, my, you know, I had to take a history course, and the, the fellow who taught it introduced his students to the game. And there were several other people in the dorm where I was staying who played the game, and we would play a lot. I mean, there there weren't usually seven of us. We w- we would play kind of a cutthroat game with no actual diplomacy, where each person would draw two countries out of a hat. Italy sa- Italy sat empty most of the time, you know. We would draw each draw two of the, you know two other countries out of a hat and and go at one another. So I you know I learned the game that way. You know, I I played I played it a lot that way. I've played. You know the the two person World War One. You know where where you play Central Powers, ver, you know versus Entente, or East versus West, which also works. You know uh, I've you know I've, I've and I you know I've I've done you know every every once in a while you can get seven people together and you can waste an afternoon or a day or write the things down and pick it up again three weeks later, you know, you know how it goes. You guys, you guys know the game better than I do, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've been, you know, I've, I've, I've known the game for more than 50 years. You know, my, my set is old enough to still have wooden pieces. Fantastic. Um, how, how did, um, so you were introduced by your, your, your professor at Caltech. Um, yes. And I've always thought that it would be a wonderful teaching tool, and um, especially around history. Is that how he used it for? Uh, yes, uh, you know it, it go it goes very well with uh, a, a book that he introduced us to that I still have, and you know used when I was TAing Lawrence Lafour's The Long Fuse, which which you may have run into, uh, which is a study of the origins of surprise the First World War. Yeah, so uh, absolutely, it was a teaching tool. You know, things that did happen, things that might have happened, things that probably really couldn't happen but are still interesting and entertaining—all that good stuff. Um, I guess. Oh, sorry, Amby, go. I was just going to just ask. Um, coming off that, Harry, from at what stage? Based on your uh, your original um, answer, I suppose around how you got into the alternate history um, scene. How did playing and and you know putting on the role, so to speak, of you know the Russian Tsar or you know the uh, Austrian Archduke or the how, how did how did that kind of <laughs> I loved into play, this? I loved playing Austria Hungary. Austria Hungary is terrific to play. <laughs> you know. Uh, you know, I never really thought of it in those terms, but I suppose it does because wherever you are, you have a different perspective and you have to look at the world and your neighbors in that world and what they're up to and why they're doing it. You have to look at it in a different way depending on, on whom you're playing and, and whom you're watching out for and whom you're trying to diddle Uh I'm trying to be polite here. You don't need to be polite on our yeah. show. 
<laughs> I've also seen your Twitter feed. You're not polite. <laughs> well, that's my feed, though. You know, I, I, you know, I read that. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I've, I've, I've read, I've read it here on your, on your feed. So, I'll be good or try. No, it's okay. You, you say what you want. It's no problem at all. <laughs> Um, so, I mean, one thing just on that, when, uh, when it comes to your novel writing, it's very much based around um, looking through the lens of different characters as, as the book progresses. Um, and that, I think, really reflects what you've just said. Like when you're playing the game of diplomacy, it's not just you're representing a particular country and you're playing that country. You're also always consciously trying to put on the, the hat, so to speak, of who you're playing against, so the other countries around Absol- the board. Absolutely. You, you, know, it, it, you know, very much of what this game is all about is, is knowing who's on, who's on the board with you and how good they are and how aggressive they are and how far you can trust them, if you can trust them at all. Yeah, and that is very much good training for a writer. Oh, absolutely! I imagine it's great training that study for of human nature. You know that, that what what people are sort of what they're looking like. Are they looking shifty? Are they, you know, giving the side eye? And you know, are they smiling inappropriately when they're looking at, at another player? All of those things. <laughs> um, you mentioned that you still you still play it when you can, Harry. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, it's 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 been a year or two, but I, yeah, you know, uh, I have I have tried to corrupt my wife and one of my daughters who was a D and D player. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, I think Kane has mentioned to me in the past that the the creator of D and D, what was his name? Kane was it? Gary. Gary, Gary Gygax. Yeah, that he was a, a a diplomacy player as well. Yeah, I, it, it would not surprise me at all. It would not surprise me at all because you know there, you know, the thing, the, the difference, of course, between D and D and and diplomacy is that uh, there is, after you draw for the countries, there's no chance in diplomacy, which is one of the things that I like about it. Mm. And with diplomacy, it's all about uh, with with. D and D, you know, there is that element of you know chance with the dice rolling and all mm-hmm. of that sort of stuff. Sure. But the study, the study for human nature is still, still very much there. Hey, you know, it's it's not that human element. Yeah, I mean, you know, D and D is D and D is a nice synthesis of you know of of chance on the one hand and dealing with the people you're dealing with on the other, which is which is you know. A, an enjoyable thing. Um, the lady, uh, the lady I'm now married to, the lady who picked up the phone when when you fellows called, uh, was the one who introduced me to D and D. Not long after we started dating, back 1978 or so. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, I, I, I've, I've tried introducing um, Mrs. Kane, my, my wife, to the game of diplomacy, and um, she. She, she won't have anything to do with it. Uh, she, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, 
you you really you really need a certain kind of relationship to make that work because there there is a good you know especially when you're playing with seven people uh, you know there 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 is a, a good deal of uh, cutthroat and uh, betrayal involved and you you know you don't you don't you you have to be careful doing that with someone you love if you want them to keep loving you. <laughs> That's true. Um, Harry, do you have a favorite country to play, or are you? Sweet? I think my favorite country to play is Austria-Hungary. Okay. Uh, they're just because, well, you know, a you're in a bad situation because you're surrounded by, you know, you 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 have dangerous neighbors. But b there's there's stuff you can do. There there was one game where one of the guys I played with at Caltech and I. I was Austria-Hungary, he was Russia. We had talked about this for years. There is a set of moves that if you if you can hold your alliance and if you can keep Austria-Hungary from being jumped too hard from behind so it has to turn and defend itself, you can take Turkey out in about three years. And we did it. <laughs> you can, you know, there is nothing. There is nothing Turkey can do about it. If if you if you you know if you get the position in, in a one, they just can't. If if Russia and if Russia and uh, Austria Hungary jump them, and we did it because Turkey is dangerous if they get loose. They're like England. Oh yes, yes. Well, what's that? That would be sort of trying to send an army down the coast of the Black Sea, I'm thinking. I, let, 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 me, let me stare at a map and reconstruct it, because it, it, it's slick. Okay, I'll, I'll be very interested. This I, might, this I'll, be, I'll, this may know, become I'll, a I'll, brand new move for everyone the turtle dove. <laughs> I suspect, I, in fact, I, I am absolutely certain that, that, that other people do, you know, know it but we we made it work that's 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 part of the joy getting it getting things to work you you know i find when i start a game of diplomacy i, I jump into it and i always have grand plans as to, to how it's going to turn out and i'm going to ally with this player and you know this is going to this is going to definitely work this time and nine times out of ten i end up allying with the person i was thinking i was going to attack first up um so that's it, it, it's a great feeling. I, I know it's a great feeling when you get a plan and it works, um, especially mm -hmm. diplomacy because, you know, contact, you know, great plans work and still contact with the enemy often. Um, and yeah. so than in the game of diplomacy. I can um, tell you right now also, Harry, that strategy still continues to work very well today because literally I'm playing a game as Turkey and, and being smashed from the beginning by Russia and Austria and it is not much fun. No, it isn't. And there is damn all you can do if That's they do right. it right. <laughs> and my sympathies. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um. Harry, I'm I'm interested. Have you um, have you ever attended tournaments or? No, uh, I thought about I thought about it, but at the time when I was thinking about it, I couldn't afford to go to them, and 
since then, I've you know there there are other things that are going on. You know, I have this lady here that I'm married to. We had three kids. I, you know, I have a writing career. I have other hobbies. You know, I mean, it 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 is still part of my life, but it is not a you know the the ginormous part that it was many years ago. I mean, the, you know, this is you know this is just part of you know getting older and having other things going on. Sure, my my. <laughs> father was introduced to the game and was a big advocate this is how i was introduced um uh, he was a big advocate of it and he was he played it on when he was a navy um officer though they, they had it as, as a way of passing the time when they yeah, were so you, you 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 would you would ha you would have ca a captive set of players that's wonderful that was that was like my dorm room set you know my dorm setting yeah 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 absolutely um you know, and then, you know, he introduced it to myself and my brother, um, and then he's, he's kind of taken a step back and never really touched on it too much since. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, the, the, look, the, the community for diplomacy, as, as you understand, like, it's really hard getting seven players together. Oh, in yes. One. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I mean, in, in the early years, it sort of, People would have to do it by by writing letters to each other, and then yes, um, I, I, I did I did a little bit of that, and then as 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 happens, I just you know I I just fell out of it. There were you know there there was other stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, um, and then over time, it's moved to um, moved to email, and now it sort of exists um, on on a on a web client, like on on a on a web page. For, for the most part, mm -hmm. because also, you know, there seems there seems to be like a new um, a new format coming through for mobile phone users. Um, or these apps that they've they've got. Um, that 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 could be fun. That I can see how that could be fun. Cheating people in real time, just the way we did when we got seven together. Oh. I guess that would be a problem for you at the moment, wouldn't Harry? Because of I mean, you mentioned last time you got to play was about over a year ago, which was pre-COVID, and nowadays that uh, ability to catch up with people face to face is is obviously very very limited. Yeah, it's yes. Well, that that is you know I I really didn't. Maybe maybe we could call this the the flu of nineteen eighteen in a really long game. <laughs> So this is one thing that suddenly I'm, three of your armies die. <laughs> what do you do then? Well, one thing at the moment with the current environment we're in, I mean, if if you kind of went to your publisher with a, a manuscript or you know an outline of an of, of a story, um, if you, for example, if we if we were back in two thousand and fourteen or fifteen, outlining this crazy world that America and, and everybody else would be in in five years' time. Um, whether that's uh, politics, whether that's you know the the virus, no, whether it's it, no, I, I I get asked this fairly often on Twitter, and my my considered opinion is that no editor in 2014 would look at a manuscript like that and come anywhere near it. They would say this is ridiculously implausible. It could never happen in a billion years. Go peddle your papers somewhere else. Mm. <laughs> because so. If you were, 
if you were writing that and we've, we've got to the stage that we're at now, as an actual alternative history writer, what would be the next thing or next things that you would expect to throw in to spice up the story even further? Oh, I figure, I figure that the, the, the presidential election here in the United States is going to be contested because I think Trump will lose and will not want to vacate, and I have no idea what the hell happens after that. Mm. Pretty, yeah, pretty scary stuff. But it, it will be nasty, whatever it is. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. Well, it definitely feels like a you know a moment in alternative history right now that we've been living through um, for the last couple of years. Um, oh, this is much too implausible to be a good alternate history. <laughs> um, oh, I suppose that's, that's no more implausible than, than many of your other plot lines, though. <laughs> Well, well, no. I, I take I take that as a compliment of sorts because there's there's a difference. Mm-hmm. You know, fiction has to be plausible, or readers won't read it. History just has to happen, and then you make the best of it. Now that makes sense. Um, yeah. and, and on some of your some of your your works, um, one thing that I just wanted to reflect on, kind of talked about, you know, the fact that a lot of the probably about half of players nowadays play predominantly online rather than face-to-face, or they maybe do a bit of a mix of both. It it certainly makes sense that that would be so. Um, And and one thing that's probably occurred since that is, and this was actually back in the day, to be perfectly honest, there are alternative versions of the game using different boards and different rules and so forth. So I think, you know, some of them were were, were quite... um, were published, you know. For example, there was there was a Machiavelli version. There was, you know, one that um, uh, went all the way out to China and so forth. Um, one thing that I, Kana and I were talking about before before our interview was there's a number of your um, storylines which actually are reflected in games that people can come and play right now. So, uh, as an example, I, I actually created a um, an alternate history. Um, version of the game set in in the 1860s, uh, which is not just a north south conflict, but also at the same time Britain's involved, France, who at the time was occupying Mexico with Napoleon the Third, mm-hmm. um, and uh, also yeah, for example, the Russians still having you know Alaska at the Alaska, period, sure. um, is, is like for example. A, a breathing of, of, of life into um, you know many of your different storylines there. I mean, one of the, the actually the first book I read of, of yours was Guns of the South, uh, which okay. was um, very <laughs> mind blowing. To kind of that was, that was my first alternative history book that I actually wrote read. So um, I was I was kind of blown away with that. And even some of of um, other books that you put together, for example, like the Disunited States of America. Um, there is yeah. at the moment um, a a game that you can play on the uh, on the V Diplomacy um, website, which is basically this type of scenario. It is the fifty states of America that have just kind of just fallen apart um, as a country mm-hmm. and are fighting each other, so to speak. So, um, I I believe it. Uh, by by the way, I I have a book coming out. I can say next month to you because it's August, it's August the first over there. But but I have a book coming out where I. Um, James Morrow and Cat Rambo have written three novellas about 
the coming breakup of the United States, and the title of the title of the overall work is "And the Last Trump Shall Sound," which gives you a hint about what breaks it up. <laughs> well, it's it's kind of um, both ways, isn't it? Because it's obviously a play on words from um, you know that that part of Revelation and everything like that as well, isn't it? On top mm-hmm. of his name, um, yes. Oh, the, the 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 cover is wonderful. It's a riff on American Gothic with with the the painting American Gothic with Trump in the farmer's overalls and uh, Mike Pence in the role of his wife. <laughs> it's just, delicious. It, it, that, that's a great cover. <laughs> yes, that is a great cover. Uh, so, oh, okay, I'm definitely going to be reading this one. This looks like a lot of fun. Um, I don't think I've read any James Morrow or Cat Ramp. I could be wrong. I'm no doubt, um, no doubt I am. Um, but yeah, no, that that looks exciting. Well, I, Jim, Jim is Jim is best known probably for towing Jehovah, in which God is dead, and they have to tow his cor- his mile long corpse with tugboats and things. Oh, okay. <coughs> uh, I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'm, def- I'm, going to look, I'm going to look them up um, probably after this interview, Harry. Okay. Um, try and find something to, to have a read. Um, I, given the nature of the internet and being so broad, people have, have come to this game, they love this game, and they've developed, you know, variants and different maps, like Ambie was saying. Um you know, because it's so broad, like the sky's no limit. You can have a 50-player game. You could have a two-player game. You could have a, uh, you know, a 30-player game, if that's what you wanted, of different mm-hmm. players, different scenarios, different locations, maps, periods, all of that stuff. Um, you know, if given that you're, you know, taking the game of diplomacy and you're putting it into a different historical context or period of time, is there a – is there – a period of time that you think, oh, that would be a really, really interesting moment. You know, it's funny. You know, it's funny. When I game, I don't usually tweak the rules that much. I, you know, I just try to maximize what you can do within the rules. I mean, one of one of the other things that I do is a baseball card and dice simulation, which you know based on the actual statistics the players per, you know have and there are, there are people who also play this game you know this this is this is a game with a considerable following in the states and there are there you know there are people who will tweak the rules and do this and do that and i just try to maximize performance within the rules as they exist so i really haven't thought about or felt particularly comfortable with the alternate versions of diplomacy i know they're out there i've 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 played them once or twice but they're not really my thing mm-hmm. and i you know and, and why i should do that and yet write alternate history i can't tell you no no that, that's fair enough i mean there's look there's we, we've interviewed quite a few people who just not the variants are just not my thing i just love the game and the game in all mm-hmm. its purity and it's nothing wrong with that at all um it, it is kind of a subset of players who have that interest in um, just... Oh, I know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, yeah. Just like probably with the basketball, uh, the baseball card and dice, you know, you probably, it's a subset of that group mm-hmm. who, who do play around with those things. Um, you know, I mean, they, you know, they, you know, they even do that with chess, inventing, you know, odd pieces with odd characteristics, or giving, you know, giving the board a half twist or whatever. I, so I'm, I'm just, for, for me personally, I, I do think that there's a number of scenarios that you've written about that I would, you know, I, I, I've had my eyes on. I think, oh, that would be quite fun to, to, to to try something in that vein, like um, coming back to uh, the storyline of the super volcano, um, to take the, the map of the United States and to just make, just change around the geography some and make it so that some areas are impassable or, you know, and, and doing something along those lines would be just, just quite fun. Okay. I mean, you know, that's you know, that's what that's what it's there for. I don't think I don't think there is anything wrong with doing anything like that. Please, you know, please understand me. It's you know, it's just not what I do. Yeah, no, no, no. That, yeah, for sure. So, when it comes to what you do, Harry, um, I'm I'm interested as somebody who has probably like 50 million other people attempted to write a book and never succeeded. Um, what kind of is your Regime, I'll call it that, of, of actually of how to c- uh, continue to produce um, great novels. I don't know about great, but you can you you can you know uh, I I can give you Robert Heinlein's rules if you think that will help. I mean, he was a, a much more successful writer than I will ever be or have ever been. Uh, one, you must write. Two, you must finish what you write. Three, you must refrain from rewriting except to editorial order. This do, now, this doesn't mean don't clean it up. It means if you have a new idea, don't put the new idea in the old story, write a new story. Number four, you must put it on the market. And number five, you must keep it on the market until sold. And if you keep doing all of those things over and over and over, you will, you know, if you have any ability at all, you will eventually sell. Uh, stubbornness counts for at least as much in this business as anything else, because stubbornness is what lets you write enough to learn your craft. Stubbornness is what keeps you going when you've had three rejections in a row on a story that you think really ought to sell somewhere. And you're really, you know, you, you just have to keep doing it over and over and over. That's great advice. Um, some some authors get their inspiration in the shower. Uh, where do you get yours? Uh, it can happen anywhere. I've ha- I have had story ideas come to me in the shower. Uh, you, you folks were kind enough to mention The Guns of the South. This was a book that I never intended to write. Uh, a friend of mine, another writer, a fine fantasy writer named Judith Tarr, was doing one of the things that writers do when they talk to one another. She was uh, complaining about the cover art for a book that she had coming out, and she snarled. It's as anachronistic as Robert E. Lee with an Uzi, for Christ's sake. And I looked at that, and I thought, that's a good line. 
and I wrote back to her. This this was in the, in the late eighties before either one of us was online, and I wrote back to her and I printed out the letter and I added a hand scrawled P.S. At, at you know at the end of the letter, who'd want to give Robert E. Lee an Uzi? Time traveling South Africans maybe. If I write it, I'll give you an acknowledgement. And I wrote it, and I gave her an acknowledgement. I mean, that, you know, and I owe Judy big time because that was the book that let me quit my day job. Yeah, I, I, I remember the cover very, very well, and I've noticed that there's obviously been a number of other print runs done subsequently, and that iconic uh, photo or series of photos of Robert E. Lee holding what ended up being an AK-47 <laughs> instead of a, an Uzi um, is... It, 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 I don't know, this, this, this is captured brilliantly, you know what I mean? Like it, it, well, it thank, looks, thank it you, because it, was my, because it was my idea, and I talked the publisher into doing it, which doesn't always happen with cover art. Oh, okay, yeah. Very good. Um, <laughs> so that was, okay, so um, what other, what other um, odd inspirations have you had over time? In unusual okay. moments. Okay, I, 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 I have written a silly fantasy full of puns called The Case of the Toxic Spell Dump. And that happened as an accident because I was at a world fantasy convention in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, and I was on a panel talking about magic and technology. And a writer friend of mine made the remark, that however you influence the environment, whether it's through engineering or through magic, it's going to have consequences. And I made a smart-ass crack, because that's one of the things I do. You never, if, if you, if you, you, you never would have guessed this from my Twitter feed, I'm sure. No, no, I've uh, never noticed it ever. Uh, I made a smart-ass crack about a toxic spell dump. And I got a laugh... And sitting in the front row at that panel were Paul and Karen Anderson, and they laughed. So I thought, oh, okay, I made a pretty good line. And I wrote Toxic Spell Dump on my pocket pram. Mm-hmm. And an hour later, I thought to myself, Environmental Perfection Agency, which is a riff on the Environmental Protection Agency here in the States. And I wrote that down, too. And then I started writing the story, and I, and I thought first this was going to be I don't know a novelette maybe, and then it ran away with me, which doesn't usually happen. And I thought, oh my God, I've got a novel on my hands. Can I stay silly for a hundred thousand words? And I could, <laughs> and I did. Oh, well, sounds good. Sounds good. Um, so w- w- when you are writing and you kind of get into the flow, how how long will you usually write for? This is a question. Um, I usually, I usually write, you know, for, for an hour to stretch and then I take a break and then, you know, and then sometimes I'll do another stretch an hour, a half hour, you know, and I can do, you know, sometimes three or four stretches in a day, but I don't, you know, I don't usually stretch it more than an hour at a time. I, I, I need a, I need a little bit of recharge. No, that's cool. Um, I, I'm kind of getting close to the end of my questions, Kanner. Is there anything else that you wanted to ask? Oh, no, I'm just thoroughly enjoying the um, the conversation, actually. Um, but no, I, I I have run out of my questions. <laughs> um, 
I suppose, Harry, just reflecting back on on the game diplomacy and for any of your um, fans who love your books and happen to, you know, stumble on this interview, um, what would be your pitch for the game? Oh, I mean, if, if if you want a game that makes you think and that will make you friends and that will lose you friends and that will teach you a lot about history that you don't ever suspect and will make you want to look up things that you don't even know about now. This is the game to play. Mm. Yeah, that's, that, that's good advice. Awesome. Okay. Um, Harry, I'll, I'll, we don't want to use up too much of your time. You've been very generous, and we stuffed up the time. Well, <laughs> oh, hey, you know, this this worked out very well. Thank you. You know, I mean, it worked. I mean, we just, you know, we just slightly miscalculated the, the zone difference, so that's all right. Well, everything gets all confusing once you pass that international date line and you enter the future. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. As I said, you're in August. I'm still in July. Oh, it doesn't get any better. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Thank you very much for your time, Harry. Thank you. Good talking with you. Well, how about that? So did you ever imagine as a teenage boy picking up your Harry Turtle books that you'd ever actually have an interview with the man? That I'd ever actually meet him? No. No, it was always like a... No, I never, never did. Never did. <laughs> Actually, the first book I remember reading was his, um, his one about it's World War Two at the height of World War Two. Aliens decide to invade Earth. Yep. Um, and the aliens are sort of at the technological level of you know, Blu-ray discs and fibre optics, you know, and they have the nukes and his his Earth just pre-atomic age and they're you know armed to the teeth and everyone's out killing each other and yeah you know, it's just it was a great it was a great yarn and i really enjoyed that i've been following it ever, ever since mm-hmm. you know um and you know wonders of wonders he loves the same game i love there we go there we small go. world small world um we did promise that we'd talk about where to go and play the game yeah if you were interested um there's a number of spots online uh, to put your feet in the water, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're, we'll, we'll just run through them. There's play diplomacy. Um, there's web diplomacy, which is great for you know learning the tactics because you can play against bots. If you're yep. just interested in getting your head around how the actual rules work. Uh, there's uh, V diplomacy, which is uh, all about the variance mm-hmm. uh, side all of things. All the rule changes and different maps and things like that in different periods of time. Yep, um, and there's a number of email clients that are still up and running, like websites that if you're interested in playing by email, I do believe they host post. Um, am I missing anywhere um, that are online? I, I, no, well, the other yeah. ones would be Backstabber. I think would probably be well worth kind of including as well. Backstabber has a bit of a community. It's a bit different the way it works and operates. Should really um, link to the Discord community as well, and the Discord community. Yeah. So, um, if you go to the show notes of the show, so depending on how you kind of downloaded it, it may be in the um, um, when you kind of look at the episode, or alternatively, just go to diplomacygames.com, where we have like a bit of an outline. There, we'll have all the links off to those websites. Although you're probably very smart and you know how to use the Google machine, um, <laughs> but on top of all that. There would normally, if we didn't have this horrible virus kind of 
creating all sorts of problems in the world, there'd usually be a lot of face-to-face communities as well. Absolutely. So um, there's usually some very vibrant communities in different places, but at the moment they're all kind of a bit on the quiet. Um, some of them have gone very much online, though, with some of their games. So Doing their tournaments. Virtually. Yeah, doing their tournaments. So, you know, there's the, the Boston scene and the Minnesota scene are really, really big with having online games where um, you can actually kind of play it in almost like a real face-to-face environment where you're kind of talking to people over the phone via Discord, you know, planning yeah, things, you're kind of getting up to all sorts of mischief if you decide to turn on them and stab them. And, and Amber, you're going to you know fill us in a bit later about your recent experience at one of them. Yes, yes, yes. I'll do that in a, in a moment. Good point. So um, yeah. So if you if you if you're interested, and uh, it's um, it's a game that, as you heard Harry saying and, and talking about, you know, it it can really kind of draw you in, and it's a it's a type of thing that you know, honestly, as, as he said, you, know, you can be playing it, goodness knows how many years ago, and still have a very very warm spot in your heart for it now. Yes. Well, should we go to the normal bit of the show? We go to the normal bit. Okay, cool. Where so, are we drinking? Where are we drinking? We're drinking with a whole lot of bloody birds around us at the moment. Um, we're at the Alfred and Constance. Okay, and this is in Fortitude Valley. In Fortitude Valley. Yep. Um, I walked past a whole heap of bars on the way here. But they're not, they're not open at the moment because Tuesday when we're recording usually seems to be a bit of a quiet day in the bar scene. There's a, there's a gin bar around the corner. Wine bar just down there. Yeah, wine bar down there. Um, then another bar, and anyway, there's another pub just up there, but it doesn't look open. And then I mentioned there's a there's a brewery also just literally around that corner as well. This, this, this could be a um, a location where we come back to. We can record many episodes in this area. I, I, I <laughs> concur. We'll just have to time it uh, so it's a day that you can make and they're actually open. What are you drinking? Oh, uh, I'm drinking a Tatachilla um, Shiraz. It's a um, how would you describe it? It's it's kind of like a pretty ordinary diplomacy opening. It's a standard opening. You pick up one supply centre, and that's about it. Okay. But right. it's happy hour, so it's only six bucks a glass. So um, I'm on to my second already. <laughs> <laughs> when you were going away, I had to go get another one. Oh, I might have missed happy hour. It's just ticked over. Oh, I did it. Oh, um, fuck. Well, it depends if the happy hour is an hour or I reckon two. happy hour will be at least be a couple of hours. What are you having? I'm having the house lager. Alfie. Um, oh, no, it's not, it's, not, it's not a bitter drop. Um, it's a pleasant brew. Is it a one supply centre opening? It's a one supply centre <laughs> opening. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> so when I got off and got my second... Um, oh, first off, for any of you who are um, new to the show... Um, we tend to usually have an interview, we tend to then talk a lot about the game, and we also talk about our drinks and so forth. Um, and over um, the course of it we get progressively more plastered. Yes, yes, actually. and, yeah. and, and um, per, um, full, full disclosure, parental warning, uh, we swear a fair amount. From here on out. Yes, and if you probably haven't noticed, um, we're not American. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some of our listeners really enjoy the, the sound of Australian accents getting uh, more and more tonked. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, as, as Kana mentioned at the start of the episode, this is a diplomacy sh- uh, podcast veiled in as a bit of a drinking show at the same time. Yeah, well, we, we, the, the amount of places I've gone around in Brisbane because of this show... Yeah, it's good, it's hey. great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, well, actually, this is, this is episode 75. 75. Yeah. How long have we been going for now? Um, 
Well, when this comes out, it'll be towards the end of... Wait a sec, it's August. Yes. When this comes out, it'll be about four years since we started. Oh, oh there we that. go. Cheers to that. We've only had to replace the batteries once. Oh, no. Twice. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> so when I, when I got my, my sneaky second wine, um, I kind of was generous enough to make a, a run around the block to the convenience shop because the batteries ran out in the recording device and I'd forgotten to replace them. Actually, no, I did, didn't did forget. A battery. I brought a battery and it needs two. <laughs> anyway, how did you go with your Liberty Tournament? The Liberty Cup. Liberty Cup. Okay, yeah. yeah. So um, for, for new listeners, Liberty Cup was a, an online tournament. Normally it's a face-to-face tournament. Um, set in Philadelphia, but it was all done online thanks to our friend uh, Mr. COVID. And um, it was a big tournament from what I heard. There was like quite a lot of people playing, not just from the States but around the world. Mm. Um, there wasn't, uh, I think, in, in, from an Australian contingent, uh, you weren't present, but I was, uh, as well as um, former world diplomacy champion Andrew Goff was playing. Oh, Goffy was in it, yep. He was playing as well. So, um, and I know from listening, there's been a fair amount of, of English players and other people also kind of participating. So uh, I think there was um, it was also covered quite extensively by the Diplomacy Broadcast Network. Yes, I believe Captain Meme's also done some commentary around that. Yes, he has. He has. Yep. Yes, He's, he always he always sounds very debonair in his <laughs> yeah, his uh, posh British accent. Um, but it's always interesting because I think everyone when they see him they go, he's so young. He's <laughs> <laughs> just got those, bo- those boyish looks still. What countries did you pull? Oh, so I only was in one round because okay. of the, the time. So the, the first round would have commenced I think about 11 o'clock on a Saturday night or whatever like that. And I wasn't Ooh. prepared to yeah. go all the way through the evening. Um, that said, that said, mm. oh fuck I forgot his name. I'll have to find out. Um, I was, I was the night before just trying to test my equipment. Yep. Because I wanted to move from doing Discord on my phone because I had problems with that previously with the Boston Massacre running out of batteries. Right. And doing it through my laptop because there was some type of setting I hadn't properly. Is properly that an fixed. easier setup? Doing Discord on the laptop. Um, look, I think if you were just starting from scratch and you didn't have to have the app, it would have been better because because my profile was straddling. Uh, and, um, the app but also my instance on my computer and I was trying to connect via the web browser oh, yeah. but there's actually a and I didn't know this there's a discord app i.e. a program that you can yep. run on your laptop and and that solved a lot of the problems I was having where I couldn't actually um, speak via my laptop oh yeah uh, and, and I ended up honestly I actually went up to the, the, um, the little office space that I've got where we do our interviews and plugged in all the podcast equipment to be able to talk to everybody and it worked like a charm. Oh, okay. But um, I, I, I digress for a second. When I was um, talking to um, the night before and I was doing my testing, I was having a chat to a player called um, Advait. So I think that's his handle, A-D-V-A-I-T. And he is a Singaporean player. Oh, and Because yeah. I was bit weird. I was surprised that I was here at night time on a, you know when no one else would usually be up if they were in America and someone was on the um, you know the Liberty Cup Discord channel and I was just having a bit of a chat to him and this man was hardcore because he was dosing with coffee 
<laughs> to do an absolute all-nighter. <laughs> for the Liberty Cup. For the Liberty Cup. And because Singapore's like two hours behind Australia, Oof. he was like starting at 1am and then going through to goodness knows whatever time, local time, to play two rounds. He, I ended up kind of catching up with him after the tournament was over. He ended up bailing on the second one. He couldn't, he couldn't commit to the second because he was just too shattered. Yeah, oh, well, you would be too, hey. But bravo for giving it a go. I mean, oh. I didn't even attempt it. You know, sap on my wrists. But hmm. anyway, what country did you pull? So I played in round two. Yep. And I played. I pulled Germany. Uh, tricky one to play. Yes. Being in the middle. So this this um this segment is called once bitten twice die. Yeah, you're not having a good run at the moment, Andy. No, 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 no. But um. I, no, no, I'm not having a good run. Thank you, Kana, for reminding <laughs> me. It's and, pleasure. <laughs> and it continues to haunt you tank. <laughs> <laughs> More about that later, listeners. Um, but for this particular game, because I drew Germany mm. and I started having some conversations with players, um, and the funny part was, in this game, not only myself but two other players were in exactly the same Boston Massacre tournament game. Oh, so, what are the chances? Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Okay. And, and, and not only what are the chances, but what are the chances of one of them pulling the same country twice? So uh, Max Vax, who was Italy, and I kind of, as last time around, I was part of a Western triple, I was France, and I just went gung-ho straight at, at Italy. Okay. Did he, he remember? Got all, he, <laughs> he remember oh, he remembered very well, <laughs> believe me. Um and this time around, he was Italy again, and he was like, I can't fucking believe, why do I keep getting Italy? If I get Italy again, I'm just going <laughs> to... He did play round one, he didn't get Italy in round one, which is a good yeah, thing. Okay. Yep. Um, and then I think, uh, oh shit, what was his name? Jason... Fuck. Sorry Jason, I can't remember your surname, but everyone knows who you are. He, oh, sorry, he plays as under the handle of Father Jack um, online, but... Um, Anyway, he, so, he pulled what country? So he played last time around, he was Turkey, and this yep. time around he played Russia. Okay. So you know what my opening moves were? Attack Russia. Attack Russia. <laughs> Open to Prussia and Cilicia and Denmark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and you tried that once before, though, didn't you? you that's that what I mean. Once bitten, twice died. Yeah. So, but I, I was trying to recreate. Because, okay, so for, for listeners, if you go back to our, our PoppyCon episodes where we talk about it there, at that time, I managed to organise, I was playing Germany then, yes. and I organised Austria and Turkey and myself to full-on attack Russia from day one. And I was trying to get England to, to participate, and he kind of was a bit wishy-washy and didn't... I think that was bloody Peter McNamara, so no wonder it didn't work out. And... Um, <laughs> anyway, last time around, do you remember I did the tactic of inviting England into Munich to make it look like that he'd, he'd attacked me, you know, when I wasn't watching? England into Munich? No, no, no. France. France, no, no, Italy into Munich. Oh, yeah, I do remember that, yes. Okay. Now, I didn't, didn't offer that to, to Max Vax this time around because um, England in this game was dead keen to go for France. Okay, well, that's good. good. That's right. Yeah. So to the extent that they both 
bounce in the English Channel without planning to bounce in the English Channel. Ooh, ouch. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Um, so... Okay, so France and England are knock your heads. From you're day just, one. Yep, yep, you've just gone, I'm going to go for Russia before I subdue France. Yes, and I'd actually convinced Max Vax just to attack France, with, or France, without actually coming, without actually offering him Munich. Okay. So I yep. said, you know, you, you, you go take yourself, you know, Tunis, but open to Piedmont, because I've got England attacking, I'm happy to, I'm, 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 we're going to knock out Russia really, really quick, and then I'm going to swing around and smash, smash France. To get Austria or Turkey on board, or either. I suppose talking to them about an attack on Russia is going to sort of... Well, this it's is... It's not really the done thing, though, is it? Well, it's not really the done thing, and it... proves why. I mean, if you've been eliminated twice now. No, yes, yes, correct. So, look, there were some good reasons, if you go back and, and, and listen to the commentary for the Liberty Cup, where people were both amazed, but also dumbfounded that a player would do this. <laughs> and I opened this way because You're I think it would a new opening. You're trying a new thing. Yeah. yeah, I really wanted to. But one thing I've learned about this is um, it probably you need to get um, granularity and detail in what the other players are going to do. Mm. Because in doing so, it ended up being a situation where, say... Uh, Turkey open to um, see Turkey didn't Turkey didn't really follow through. He opened to Black Sea, yeah, but he didn't move Smyrna to Armenia. Ah, okay? yes, yeah, yeah. And Austria opened to Galicia, but Warsaw also opened to Galicia. Oh, bump So it was yeah. like a bit of a bump off. So in other words, these two guys were able to kind of go, oh well, this is just a normal standard bounce, isn't it? So hey. Everything's all cool, isn't it, Russia? Mm. Not like that fucker up there in Germany who's kind of coming at you, you know, full tilt. He's going to bounce you out of Sweden. He's, you know, going to support himself into Warsaw. Correct. Mm. So, um, meanwhile, so I thought, okay, so everything's all sweet. I've got, I don't have to worry about my West because England and um, France are going bang, bang in the English Channel. Unless they kiss and make up. In fall, they kissed and made up. (laughs) (laughs) Turkey and Austria, despite kind of saying, yeah, 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 didn't quite follow through with the goods. Um, Because of Russia's positioning in Warsaw and also Ukraine, I knew I couldn't take Warsaw. Yeah, no. Um, So I moved, understandably, Denmark to Sweden to stop the Russian fleet in Gulf of Bithynia going in. Yep. But the Russian didn't actually go to Sweden. He went to the Baltic Sea. That would make sense. Britain, uh, yeah. And likewise, because I knew I wasn't going to get Warsaw, I ended up then moving to Livonia. Oh, yeah, okay. Which I think at one point in time, one of the one of the people on the uh, Diplomacy Broadcast Network said, I think I've only seen that two or three times ever in my long <laughs> <laughs> career in diplomacy. Army um, in, the German army in Livonia. Uh, so, okay. long story short, mm-hmm. the outcome was exactly the same as Poppycon. Yeah. Yep. It ended up being a draw and across the players, and I ended up finishing the game, surviving. 
being part of the draw, mm. but with Berlin and only Berlin. Ah, uh, yes. Well, that would make sense. So, my advice to... And you know why I did this, Kana? Do you remember last time that we caught up when we recorded, I kept lamenting the fact that I'm going so poorly, maybe because I'm just being a little bit too kids' gloves, a little bit, you know, too touchy-feely, don't want to rock the boat. And you were talking about maybe you need to be a bit more aggressive, Andy, in your opens <laughs> and the way you play the game. So... If you look at like a I didn't pendulum, say, I didn't say open Russia from the answer. Well, no, you didn't specifically say that. But if you look at a pendulum between, you know, Care Bear type oh, yeah. of, hey, everybody, everything's all, we all love each other, don't we? Which would probably be my earlier gameplay. Yep, yep. Didn't work. Okay. Go full throttle, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I went full throttle in another strategy, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. But um, I think... A happy medium is required. You know, as bizarre openings go, I've kind of wondered what an Austria-Russia alliance against Germany would look like in the start. Mm. I think we're going to talk about that in our Patreon episode. Yes, let's talk about that in the Patreon episode. So, um, um, yes, we'll talk about that later. Was there any chatter around, you know, like robots? Have these virtual tournaments, like putting people inside robots? Putting people inside robots? Well, not people, but, you know, like you're, you're remote controlling a robot and... No, it's strange. I'm kind of surprised, despite, you know, every single episode you're bringing up the robot concept. No one seems to just be spontaneously bringing it up in conversation. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. That being said, I do think that there's... I went back and when I was doing the editing for the last episode, mm. because we were a bit drunk at the time when we were recording it, I may not have been paying a lot of attention to you. Well, I was, but you know, just yeah. information in, information out. Yeah. And you actually had a really good idea, which I poo-pooed. So I've got to apologise to you, Kana. What was that? Well, you're talking about partnering with like universities around this whole idea of like the, that that blending of the you know the the psychology of all this with a robotic AI type of environment or blah, 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 blah. You said oh, okay, some yep, type of bullshit yep, like I that. I remember, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you said there's got to be a, a university paper in this. Well, I reckon there would be. And I kind of went, oh, at the moment, no one's got any money because of COVID, all the universities got no money, blah, blah, blah. But I do think that there's actually merit in how this would work. And if you kind of could plug into a you know, a, a, a diplomacy player who happens to also be doing a thesis on this or a normal person who's just doing a thesis on this type of shit and introducing a concept, you could probably get the money to do it and, you know, run this across multiple tournaments because you'd all have it in more than one location battling it out with their little colourings and they... Yeah, but how would you do with that? You, you'd go like... um put it teleconferencing using robots as a form of social interaction or something like that well I think you're right one idea you had during a bit of a drinking session yep was some type of proximity thing mm. where you couldn't communicate with someone unless there was a certain distance between your robots that would make sense wouldn't it so that way you can't really overhear 
Although you can kind of sneak in a little bit closer and you just automatically start picking up the conversation. But they might keep on talking and not realise that you're listening. That's right. So yeah. they've got to keep looking around and seeing who's watching. <laughs> Could you combine it with like VR headset? Maybe, yeah. Well, this like is the, the thing. If, if, if you get some university funding behind all this stuff, you might be able to do it. So there's actually, you know, there's quite a lot of um, uh, diplomacy players in that university scene you know what I mean like your professors and lecturers and yeah. things like that maybe they've got some connections there maybe they can kind of if they listen to the show and they might go hmm I think that would work at our university I can see a paper in that maybe I can get one of my undergrads to do it yeah <laughs> my, my, my postdoc I mean when you, when you, <laughs> you look at some of the shit that kind of comes out where you can kind of justify a dissertation on <laughs> oh, yeah I think it's doable I, I think yeah. So I organised the Harry um, Turtle Dove interview. How about you start organising organising people to come together in the university space to be able to make this happen? Oh, Christ, I don't know where I'd even start. Where do I start? Probably start with the robotics faculty at um, QUT. That might be a spot. Maybe. That would be a logical spot. Yeah, because they've already got the they've already got the robots. Yeah, I know. I wouldn't know how to. I don't know. Yeah, I'll look into it. I'm not going to promise anything, but I'll look into it. Or even like, as we said before, like Peter McNamara, he's like a university lecturer, professor thing, so he might have connections down in one of the universities in Melbourne who could do things. He used to be at UQ, he can do things. Yeah, who yeah. You'd have to get programmers involved as well, mm. surely. And then there's lots of players in the States that are probably also involved in the university soon as well. Mm, mm, mm. Let me ponder. Let me ponder. You know what to help me ponder? Another, Another drink. drink. I think I agree with you there. We'll be back in a sec. Having one of the same? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, cheers. cheers. Mm. Oh, that's a lot better. Yeah, I didn't like that one centre opening I had before. I've changed my drink. I'm drinking... Um, a two-supply centre opening. A two-supply centre opening. <laughs> yeah, it's a Hornets IPA by um, Black Ops Brewery. Yeah. And I must admit, when, I, when we turned up here, I had... I, I beat you for once... And I looked at the wine list, which is like three red wines, and I went, mm-hmm. and I know, I actually, I, I, they gave me a bit of a taste tester of this one, which I've had before, and as I said, it's a one supply centre opening, but um, I'm very, very conscious that, aside from COVID having a massive disruption to the world and many people's mm. lives being incredibly badly affected. Yep. Um, there seems to be a bit of a, a fat element coming from COVID as well. A fat element? Yeah. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, I seem to have got fat during the period. Oh, got just people sedent, sedentary lifestyle. Yeah, I was talking to people yeah. at work about it today and it's like, yeah, everyone's like put on, you know, I suppose in the American parlance, you know, four, five, six pounds. Oh, yeah. Although you're looking still pretty okay. trim. It's just been business as usual for me, mate. Yeah, yeah no, no shutdowns or anything. Well, we've we've made the decision at work that um, you know, damn it, one day a week you've got to come in the office. Oh, you have to. <laughs> Actually, no, you're strongly encouraged to come in the office. We can't make you. Oh, no. <laughs> are people doing this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Most yeah. people are. Well, it comes into effect from from uh, next week. Okay, one day. One day a week. We expect you in. Yep. So um, the other thing that I've noticed that's really, really weird from COVID is 
because I haven't been coming in the office, shoes are incredibly uncomfortable. Oh, you're not used to wearing them. <laughs> not used to wearing shoes. Fuck, they are painful. I don't know how women do that with on top of the hill thing, but oh god, man, yeah, no, I don't, I don't get that. You know, I think because when you're at home all the time, working from home, and you don't wear shoes, your foot just naturally just splays and becomes like you know a monkey foot or whatever. Do they like slipper foot? Is the thing, isn't it? Slipper foot, yeah. Well, I'm not cold enough for where I am to wear slippers and wear socks. Well, that's what they call them. They're like, you know. Not having shoes for a while, oh, okay. feet sort of just splay out yep. and it becomes problematic. Mm. Mm. Hey, talking COVID, we've also managed to dodge a bullet here in Queensland. Just, thank cross. So last episode, we were talking about how awesome everything was. Hey, 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 no cases here. And then, and we were even planning for like a face-to-face game. Yeah. And then um, three three young ladies from Queensland decided to go down to Melbourne and I can't go into too much details because there is um, a number of police cases associated with what they were doing and, yeah. and whatever but they yeah. came back uh, came back with a good case of corona or two and then proceeded to uh, yeah, <laughs> a carton of corona definitely <laughs> a case of it and then started to uh, crack open the corona and start sharing it around as they went from you know restaurant to restaurant, bubble tea bar to bubble tea bar. Um, and we were incredibly lucky. I think three people were unfortunate enough to kind of catch it from them by, like, sitting at a table opposite them in a restaurant or whatever like that. Yes. But that was it, because they kind of got pretty much locked down, smacked smack down by the coppers, put into quarantine. They caught it very quickly, thank yeah. you and then on top of that, we've gone back to the situation in Queensland where we've now got a hard border. So basically, you can't come into the state. If you're from Victoria or New South Wales, you can turn around. Yeah, we don't want you. Yeah. Which is, you know, shame because there's lots of good people in New South Wales and Victoria, but we really don't want their corona at the moment. Yeah, you can keep that cart in a corona, thank you very much. <laughs> even if you're going to bring the limes, we still don't want the corona, thanks. Yeah. No, even if you're just like, you know... Don't necessarily want to want a cart to cause light either. You no. Know? So, but the good thing is that now that these um, these girls who have now been quarantined, it's been over you know two weeks. No other community transmissions occurred apart from those three people. They're also now in quarantine. Bucket load of testing. So, um, I think there seems to be this. The cloud seems to have lifted again in Queensland, and everyone seems to be a little bit more a bit more chill. Yes, there's a highly anxious moments there. You know, I was, I was just I was thinking about it at the time, and you know, I just don't think that there's a thing an individual could probably do that would turn literally 99.9% of an entire state's population against you overnight. Yep. You know, I, I, I just can't think of another act that you would do that would turn the entire state just overnight no we hate you <laughs> kind of scenario so yeah I mean even in our tempers cooled like this you kind of feel sorry for them for being like a targeted yeah focus for hate essentially yeah but, look look look. I think I think that's um, that that's wrong um, obviously 100% wrong 
Um, I can understand why people were pissed off for this. You know, they, they, they kind of got a fair amount of flack on their own social media accounts and whatever. And yeah, you know, because they had um, fraudulently um, declared their, their status of not being down in Melbourne because they kind of flew via Sydney yes. and they never said that they actually were in Melbourne at the time. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. anyway, moving on. Anyway, that's, that's yeah. Diplomacy Podcast, not a COVID podcast. <laughs> hey, hey um, you're, you're, you're giving us a really poor showing in this Media Wars game, Andy. Yes, I am. But what? I'm doing well with, with occasionally getting the odd bit of content out. So tell me, tell me, how are you still alive? You're down to one supply centre. Uh, okay, so we've got to kind of, you know... Actually, t- let's take a step and step back. Yes, what yes, is yes. the Media Wars... Okay. So, so uh, if you kind of can't remember for the last episode, Media Wars is a game that's being played currently on Backstabber, um, involving seven players. Mm. Funny that, um, who represent different uh, diplomacy media channels in in you know inverted commas. That's out there. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So you know, there, there's ourselves representing a bit of a podcast thing. There's quite a number of, of YouTube people there, um, as well as, you know, prolific bloggers like Brother Board and so forth. Right. So, um, a lot of good players. As I found, a lot of good players, which uh, <laughs> reinforces my one lucky big game strategy um, of why I'm not really a good player. But the, the difficulty is, and I, and I did talk a little bit about it, because because I'd kind of added myself amongst the um, the good folk in the game yep. accidentally, and I do want to say it was quite legitimately accidentally. Some people have casted some minor dispersions on my character and saying maybe I did that deliberately to kind of get sympathy somehow. I think it would be anything to kind of encourage people, which it did, obviously, clearly. Um, but I, I think there may be maybe some players, which I, which I respect, kind of respect, uh, who kind of didn't really expect that then to go out to the public domain. Uh, uh, okay. But what's out there is out there. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't take my words back. It's it's out there on the interwebs. But um, so you all know who's who's playing who, who's who's playing. Oh no no! So publicly, I think as I said, I'm I'm playing Turkey, and I have said that, and so I can't go back on that. Uh, everyone else has has not kind of made themselves publicly known. Okay. But I think everyone has worked out almost everybody internally. Right. Okay. I actually watched um, the the discussion on YouTube that was put out by Legendary Tactics. Yes. That was, that was a fun little... Uh, it, was actually, it was actually an interesting discussion around the different archetypes of diplomacy players out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he lists eight different sort of broad umbrella type players. Yep. Um... I don't want to steal his thunder, so put the link there. Put the link, we'll try to embed it, and otherwise um, just go to the link, yep. Yep. And, you know, I, I, I broadly agree with his assertion that you're the, you know, the, the, the diplomat. Oh, I thought there. it was the gimp. The gimp. <laughs> you're the, uh, you know, the, the one who's... Um, Trying to schmooze people schmooze because I've everyone, got nothing yeah. else to... I've got no 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 ability to intimidate anybody or So so you're down to one supply centre. I am down to a um, one glorious supply centre in Smyrna. 
and you're as, still alive. So as, what, what, what's your magic? How are you? Uh, well, how, how are you keeping yourself afloat? Um, I, I'm I'm calling on that that one that one archetype, I suppose, that uh, was touched on by legendary tactics of trying to be the diplomat, trying to keep people happy, try to keep me in the game, try to see value in me staying in the game, you know. Let's be realistic, if I get knocked out, that kind of, you know, eliminates the whole podcast audience, really. Uh, Not that I wouldn't stop stop, covering it, but, you know. ask you questions about how it's going. And look, I'll I'll be brutally honest and say, look, I think the other players who are um, enjoying my corpse... um, they're, they're great players. <laughs> I, I do think that, and I'm saying that in all sincerity. Um, they have no reason to keep me in the game. They could have quite easily slipped my throat. Right. They obviously see some intrinsic value in what I can offer them. Maybe some sage advice. <laughs> Maybe it's like a unit, a mercenary unit. Maybe it's a mercenary unit. I've come to the conclusion in a couple of my games I'm being used as a mercenary. Mm-hmm. This is a front. I'll just wait to see how long I last in one of them. Um, but it's not a bad position to be in. You know, I mean, you can focus, like, you can narrow your focus on your, your tech, on your tactical outlook. You don't have to think about a larger picture, how things are really interacting. You're just purely beholden to one or two players and you can just play that out for a period of time until, you know, maybe there is an option down the line where you see the opportunity to do a little bit of growth but I'm always I'm always never open really to, been a to growth like at someone else's expense I think that's the only way you can do it short of taking neutrals but let's see how we go look I, I've got to also say it's been it's actually been a really enjoyable game I think because the players are involved in communicating about their love of the game in yes, their own yes. channels yep they may have been a little bit over generous in a lot of their communication. So there's lots of chatter, lots of stuff going on internally within the game, which is great. Uh, except there's this often there's lots of lot to read. <laughs> and look, uh, I, I will not go into the details now. I'll, I'll let others kind of talk about their experiences, but there, there has been. Uh, a couple of hiccups in in, in um, two players uh, out of the game, uh, and they've they've um, they've pulled through what they needed to get done, and um, okay. they've still been really really um, great with the game and, and being very very supportive. So um, my my hats off to those players. Without going into a lot of details, it'll all come out in the wash later on. Okay, wait wait to hear about it. Who organised it? Whose idea was it? Well, Humble the Heap kind of reached out to, I think, everybody. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as a means of raising awareness about the game. Yep. But also kind of, you know, cross promotion. Yeah, this is, a, man, let's be really honest, a bit of cross promotion there. So, you know, if you're someone who doesn't, you're on the podcast, but you don't go on blogs very often, it's a great to learn all about Brotherboard and his, and his blog. Um, vice versa, YouTube channels and so forth. So, so um, Brotherboard is represented so with the diplomacy broadcast network no oh, that's that's um, more from the pl- he's there for the playing for the diplomacy broadcast network yep yep um diplo strats 
Captain Meme, Diplomacy Games, Us, Legendary Tactics. Who am I missing? Um, Jeff, who's um, one of the, the main contributors to the Diplomacy Jeff Briefing. Jeff Heyman, yep. yep. Hey, did you see that recently? You may not, because you're not going to social media. Um, Umble Heat with Diplomacy Briefing is recruiting editors. I saw that. Paid editors. Paid. Good on you, Umble. So, you know, hats off. We, we waste all our money on drink. <laughs> he puts it into, you know, journos. Supporting, supporting the written word. Brilliant. Yeah, to all the, all to, the to diplomacy all the... journalists. By the way, this is, um, as I said, this is a one supply centre wine. Okay. I think a good two supply centre wine mm-hmm. with a well, supply centre in the bag that you could take any time you want. Ooh. As an open, center. Yeah. as a wine, is the type of wine that I would describe Schild Estate. Okay. So I was catching up with Hal Schild, who I previously played in the, one of the Minnesota Diplomacy games. Yes. Uh, long-term friend of the show, long-term listener of the show. Okay. Um, and we were having a bit of a chat, a bit of a yarn over Discord, and he happened to just drop into conversation around... I think his cousin or second cousin or somebody has a vineyard down in South Australia. Oh, yeah. And he kind of talked about it because I think he wanted to, as, I don't know whether it was a wedding or some special occasion, he wanted to kind of get this this, this wine and he kind of found out of it this, his, this um, family connection. Anyway, after talking to him about it, I went down to Dan Murphy's and there oh, it is. Oh, really? Grab a bottle. Took it home, mm-hmm. catching up with some friends over the weekend. Cracked it open. Oh yeah, not a bad drop, not a bad drop at all. Huh. So uh, thank you very much, Hal, for the recommendation. Yeah, well, cheers. Much better than this one supply centre wine I'm on now. I'll keep my eyes open. Shields Estate, eh? About twenty bucks a bottle. Okay. Not that you drink wine anyway, but well, not that I drink wine, but I. I buy wine as gifts sometimes. Mm. That's a good it's, one to keep in mind. As I said, it's like a it's a good two supply centre. I reckon with about five years of cellaring, that's going to turn to a three supply centre opening. Ooh, okay, <laughs> all right. Mm. <laughs> and, and and the uh, one of the friends who I was with, who happens to be a bit of a not a wine connoisseur, but he likes his wines. He kind of went, "Ooh, this is good. I've had this before." Ah, okay. I'll keep my eyes out for a good drop like that. Yes. So, um, what else is going on? What have you been involved in, by the way? Oh, look, I'm just struggling through my um, my Europa Renovatio games at the moment. Yeah? Yeah. Did you know I kind of, last episode, you kind of had your Wes Kaner episode? Any response? Yeah, we've got a couple. Oh. So, I, I did oh, put, I put it up on, on the um, <laughs> a double, po- or you know, I kind of posted, I started using Hootsuite for the first time, so you can kind of time your your posts so that I don't have to be up at one o'clock in the morning to be able to get out when Americans are actually awake um, what, on Twitter or whatever it is no what Twitter yeah yeah, yeah yeah anyway so I kind of post you know how you talked about your game one your game two and your game three and I Correct. reposted yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the things I, I had the synopsis for for how you described each of your ones um, but what we got a bit of attention on was your game two. 
which was that map. Uh, yes, 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 yes. Okay. okay. Yep. So you described in the last podcast that you're being attacked by all sides, but somehow you're still alive. And I think from memory, you've got a build or something. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Who are you? And we did get two responses on that one. Okay. So um, uh, um, one of the, our Twitter followers, Ahmet, who goes under the handle of at Spariwaki. That's what a great name. What a great handle, yeah. Um, he guessed that you were... Fuck, where is it? Shit, I lost it now. What did I do wrong, Kana? I, I don't know. I think he guessed that you were the Ottomans. The Ottomans? No, I'm not the Ottomans. Yeah. And then the history of the Inca, or the um, at Inca podcast, also follows us. Okay. He guessed that you were Vienna. Vienna. Okay, so there is no Viennese player. Well, Austria. But Vienna being northern Italy. No, well, Vienna's over here, isn't oh, it? Oh, Vienna. Oh, over here. Yeah, no. It's actually... Are you dead now? No. Is this anonymous still? Yes. Do we need to edit this out? We'll just put a big bleep over who... (laughs) Let's go. Beep. (laughs) So it's still alive, but neither of those correct. So I need to probably check in with you in about a week and a half's time when the uh, thing comes out and whether I need to bleep you out. Okay, yeah. Well, at this stage, probably not. (laughs) But, you know... You know how these games take, can take some time with retreats. What about the other posts? Any responses on those? No, it only seemed to be game two was the only one that got a bit of interest. Okay. 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 So how so how are your games going? Oh, um, I'll pull them up, eh? Well, this one I'm being. This is game three. This is game three. That's that one. Correct. Yes. Yep. And. You look like you're starting to get shafted now. I am under siege. Um, I've made friends with an old enemy, finally. Yep. Um, It's only taken however long. I wish he'd made friends a bit early. We could have made better games. But at this stage, it's too late. You know, this this, this old enemy's friend is starting to crumble. Um, My northern flank is not tenable mm-hmm. and it's only a matter of time before some other bastard some other bastard you as well. takes yep, advantage of that situation although he may not he's not terribly friendly with the bastard who's you know full-fledged on the invasion um, so he may see value in keeping me there as a as a shield the thing I find interesting about this particular game at this present stage is the the clean lines. Oh, no, isn't it? That's you know we've we've got a situation <laughs> here where Bavaria is like this I don't know a rectangular box like this little line that goes all the way atop. Who, who's this grey one here? Is that Saxony or, or no? That's Brandenburg, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's Brandenburg. Yeah, he's like a smaller rectangular box whatever the 
what's that type that's, of flavor? Uh, Lithuania. Lithuania is like a square. And it yeah, goes it's down just like to this straight north and south. It's just <laughs> you know, bizarre. Yeah. It's like <laughs> you would never guess that. Like if if you kind of were okay. So going back to the uh, Harry Turtle love thing, if you kind of had that as like a bit of an alternative history, here's the borders of a country with these straight right straight, straight things yeah. and right angles. You'd go. No. No, that's no, bullshit. No, no, no one's going to believe no, that. Not in a million years. But there it is. It's actually, you're, you're correct. It's the only real... I, I haven't seen that that phenomena really occur in any other in any other game. Hey, look at this. It's just like this line goes, line goes straight up. This line goes straight across. There's another one happening up here, although to a lesser degree. This is more like a 40... This is more like a... A, a, uh, a circle... Oval. Yeah, like yeah. with a radius going around it. Yeah. You see that a bit more often. So. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a bubble. big, big that, that, piece that, of the pie. That crab theory of yes. diplomacy game where you're, you know, all of, all of your undefended supply centres are just sitting in like crab meat. Yep, yep. But you have all of your defensive forces on the outer and you expand by virtue of having all of mm. your forces on the outskirts. So. Oh, good. So you've got so your, you, you're you still in three Renovatio games, is it? Yeah, it surprises the hell out of me. Are you still oh. in the ones that you were like surprised that you were still in? Yes. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I'll bring up that 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 game two. Game uh, two, where you are either bleep. not Ottomans or not. Um, yeah, not Ottomans and not or not Austria. Vienna, Austria. Um, where am I here? There we go. Oh, no, okay, now this one, game two, I'm still there. You are still there. I am still there. Although I am now getting. But what's your no, what's not... your what's your gameplay on that? You can't really do shit, can you? I can't do anything. It's just just sit tight, wait for the wait for death, really. Armies to um, either come and get you or move on and then stab them. I mean, I could try something interesting and try and sneak through, but there's not get, no chance in hell that I've managed to get... No, you're not going to get anything at all. I'm not going to get anything out of that. Mmm. Okay. So, goodbye, Kana, in that one. Yep. That's for sure. And just when I was looking at the list of games, I believe that I may have just been removed from one. Oh, no! I know. Which is... I'm, I'm actually That's happy terrible. That it's, uh, it's true. Oh. Okay, so finally... This was game one that we had the posting of? Uh, game one? Yeah. Amongst that Twitter feed thingy. Well, when you talked about last episode. Yes. Right. So can we talk about that one now? We can talk about that now. So I was Livonia. Lithuania. 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 Yeah, Lithuania. Um, <laughs> Where you're... No, nowhere anywhere near your homeland anymore. Yeah, no, it's been totally subsumed by... You're in modern-day Ukraine. No, no, no. This was this was the territorial oh. boundary that oh, started okay, with. Okay, okay. So, notional boundary. Notional boundary. Um, yeah, happy to have to have been removed from this because I wasn't really doing anything worth any value. It's a shame because that's going to affect your ranking now. I haven't played the game for ranking, Andy. I played the game for the joy of playing the game. I'm yeah. just waiting for, the, for for when when certain things get finalised and games get finished, and you just kind of 
go above me. And... <laughs> Do you reckon that? No, it's not going to happen. It'll happen. It'll happen <laughs> with my current thing. Oh, with your current downward plunge. You said you were going to talk about that. Was I? Yes, you did. Earlier on, you said you were going to talk about your downward plunge in your ranking. I bet you're staying up late at night thinking about it. I don't think I actually said anything vaguely like that at all. I don't remember that on the run sheet whatsoever. Um, that being said... Well, I didn't. I, I brought it up. Yeah, okay, you just bring it up now. Just kind of go me into talking about it. Um, that being said, um, yeah, pretty ordinary, you know. Um, uh, one of the, the games I'd recently been involved in, um, actually two of the games I've recently been involved in, I've just been defeated. No surprises there. Um, so the uh, another herd needs culling. I'm now dead. Oh, this is as, you're out of it. This Aragon. Was, this was a this is one um, you entered with your without anonymity. With no anonymity. Anonymity. And as yep. a result, everyone just went kill this guy. Let's just gorge on his points. Well, you showed me the press in that. And there's like there was a couple of fairly vociferous neighbours of yours who just yeah. didn't care. They just wanted to kill you. That's right. Hmm. Okay. So old enemies from other games, or no, just 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 new blood. New blood. New yeah. blood who thinks it's time to <laughs> take down the old take down old the guard. old guard. <laughs> um, and likewise in the game here, Kitty Kitty, which is the uh, African game I'm in. Right. Totally dead in that one now too. Who were you in that? I was the Democratic Republic of Congo. So what old school we would call Zaire. Huh. Okay. So um, out of that game too. Are you winning any games? Am I winning or Are am I you in? in? Um, I am in. Uh, apart from Media Wars, I'm only in two games at the moment. Mm-hmm. So um, there's. I'm in a. Uh, what do they call this one? So the game is called Old World, New World. It's the Atlantic Colonies game. Oh, I love that map. I adore this map. Um, however, I'm. I'm doing okay. So that's um. But then that, again, everyone's doing okay, and I've yeah. just lost a supply centre, so mm. maybe I'm going to start. Hey, there was some chatter in um, Discord. Um, Known World 1901 has come up on Conspiracy. They've added that as a variant. Oh, that's good. Yep. Um, conspiracy Mike? or um, dipl- Diplicity? Conspiracy. Oh, okay. The French one won. Oh. The French run one. Yep. You need to organise those guys as for an interview one day. Oh, I'd like to. Have you um, organised Siobhan Nolan yet? No. You're all piss and wind. I know. I've just been... Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no robots. I, no conspiracy French dudes. No Siobhan Nolan. Kana. Uh, What's happening, mate? Oh, I Next thing a... you know, you're going to be saying, Oh, busy life, busy shit in real life, blah, 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 blah. Alright, alright, you put a firecracker up my ass. Thank uh, you. <laughs> I did drop a note to Conspiracy though. Um, just about the attribution policy. Mm-hmm. So they've, they've added a number of variants on this system Ooh. now. I might get another beer before or whatever if we get too late. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, just pause for a second? Yep. Got some more drinks. Back onto it back onto it although we missed happy hour I don't know when happy hour stopped I know or maybe because you you upgraded your, your beer maybe I'm happy and you're not well, I'm, I'm, I'm happy you're happy you've got two supply centers I've only got one <laughs> yeah 
anyway, before we before you rushed off on that, yep, um, I was talking about how um, 1901 has landed on conspiracy. You mean 901? 901, yeah, yeah. 901. So, not so, not because 90210. Yep. Yeah. So this is a it's a great variant by David E. Cohen. You know, Indeed, he's, he's one of the better variant creators out there, in my humble opinion, who's still creating stuff. Although I must admit, I don't really like this variant because I remember I played that. You've had bad experiences on this. I variant. played that that that. What was it? It was like a. Everyone was meant to play each of the fifteen countries and just rotate it around. Oh Jesus! And every yes. single time, I fucking lost. <laughs> I saw. Was I involved with that? I think I was at the start, and I just went, "Nah, this is too much. I, I can't." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you, you, you limped it out. out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, staying power, but 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 very very balanced, a lot of fun, especially when you include a boss element into it, as Ooh, we've done in the past. Yes, boss. But but we're digressing here, Kane. Mm-hmm. We're digressing. Please keep going on around. Oh, you got me thinking about boss. Western Western world Western world nine hundred one. No known world. No world known world nine hundred one. So so this this variance landed on cons- conspiracy. Um, just recently, actually, the conspiracy uh, in, is the um, Android app, which has got a, a number of different diplomacy maps and games you can play there. Yeah, it's run by a French mob, I believe. Bad from um, Yeah, and you know it, it's great. I mean, the version which I ported into VDIP, I included the transform rule. Yep. Um, I don't know. I can't really really rec- remember why I put that in there. Um, Probably a bit but of fun. I, I know it was because because you had like your you you got your um no nah, I'm doing shit. Just keep going. Anyway, but they've they've ported it in its original version. The map's all that, but it hasn't got the transform rule about it. Um, so good on them for adding new variants to their yes. platform yeah. essentially. But the reason I bring this up is that um, well, not only well, yes, it's great that they're putting new stuff on out there um, but I did notice that with the cons- there's, there's a difference between the conspiracy app and the duplicity app and it, it fundamentally has got to do with how they attribute the variant creators yep. right so so you know as you know recently I was I was playing a few games on the duplicity app Yep. And when I got your ass kicked when you're in the Vietnam one, I did. Got my ass kicked on the Vietnam one, and I got my ass kicked on the World one, and oh, that's that's fine. I mean, it, was, yep. it was a fun learning experience. Absolutely on the site. That's why I keep telling um, myself every game. Fun learning experience, Andy. Don't worry about the points. And I've been a lurker on conspiracy for a long while. Um, but when I created games on the Duplicity app, there's, you know, you you, you go to the variant, and it has clearly who the author of that variant is. Yep. Right? And V Diplomacy does it. Yep. Play Diplomacy does it. Web Diplomacy does it. It's clearly shown. Credit where credit's due. Credit where credit's due. This thing has been um, created out of the, the often the, just the love of, you know, the game. Mm-hmm. No no money changes hands for creating variants. It's, um, it's just something that is understood that you know that, that you know if, if someone has put the time and labor of love into creating a variant then you know it's only fair that they're, they're given credit yes. and recognized and um, unfortunately the conspiracy app hasn't recognized David E. Cohen mm-hmm. 
on their either their platform or on the landing page about them announcing that they're rolling out Known World as a variant on their app. Mm. Uh, so I was a little bit disappointed around that. Um, I think they can do better. I think. Speaking of true diplomat, by the way. <laughs> Um, and, and I went so far as to, you know, I, I did I did write them a message, essentially, saying, you know, I think that yep. credit where credit's due, you really ought to be... Did you get any response back on that one? I haven't heard anything back from them yet. Maybe they're busy with other stuff, but they'll get back to you soon. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so too. Yeah. Because I, I, I do think it's poor form. Like, we're, we're, we're all part of a larger... You know, we're part of a larger community, and I, I think it's important... From my point of view, who have who I are, have created variants. I've ported variants. You've created variants. Yep. You've ported variants. No, I've only created. I've just created variants. You know, and I'm just thinking. You know, I would not be impressed if another platform had picked it up and not given at least my username handle created by Kane, created by Andy. I I I agree. I think it's a. a a good point to raise and I think you know as many other players would who love the game you know it's it's a case of you know um, credit where credit's due you know? yeah, most people probably don't recognise or don't even notice who creates the games well, for the variants, time, but, I doubt it but but it's you know at the end of the day anything you're playing someone's someone's time someone's effort someone's creativity has gone into that and often many many hours as part of that um, yeah. so we all know that the game is um, a game that we're passionate about sometimes in playing sometimes in creating yes so um, again I think it's good that that we recognize those efforts by those who actually give us the games that we love and enjoy so I think we should say thank you David E Cohen for creating the game Love the variant. And hopefully soon uh, yourself and other variant creators will be appropriately recognised on the Conspiracy app. Well said. Um, Speaking of digital things. Okay. Remember when I got into my very superstitious phase and I was playing certain music all the time because I That's the problem. You haven't been listening to music when you've been making your orders. I have been recently. Oh, you're back into it. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. I've got back into the theme of listening to the musical genre of the country that I'm playing. Holy, okay. Righto. Yep. Now, you. when yep. you're playing variants, that can be a little bit kind of confusing if you're kind of playing Known World 901 and you get something like a, <laughs> a Kazakhstan. <obscure> Kazakhstan. Or... <laughs> Although that's, that's probably that's okay now because yeah, you know um, there is a Kazakhstan in real life. Yeah, but, 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 um, but I've been finding the Chagatai uh, cult and its sultanate, or whatever. <laughs> but I've been finding, um, particularly if you're playing, and this is this is going to sound a bit silly. If you're playing in the normal classic game, uh-huh. I have found on Spotify a wonderful diplomacy playlist. Put yeah, for together, real? really? Yeah, put together by Barney, Barnaby underscore Row R O W E. Uh huh. So just search for, um, if you're in in, um, um, in Spotify, just search for the word diplomacy. I don't know if Barnaby Rowe will find it. But literally, he's cr- curated all of these um, 
<laughs> military songs or you know waltzes and things like that which are all based around the seven players <laughs> so you've got a bucket load of things from England Italy <laughs> Germany Russia yeah. quite a lot from Italy I was surprised how many Austrian stuff was there because they were able to kind of get the Austrian-Hungarian things happening. Yeah. Not a lot of French stuff. There was probably a very small amount in the French things, which I was surprised about. And quite a lot okay, of yeah. Ottoman type of... Ottoman-Turkish music. <laughs> so... an example of some Ottoman music. Oh, well, people can go to the playlist and have a listen to it, but I, I can probably play it quickly if I can find it. Yeah, yeah, give us, give us an uh, example. Uh, fuck, 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 fuck. Sorry, just scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Oh shit! This is bucket loads. Like, maybe I should just. Maybe I'll do a, like a bit of a, a, a quick, quick thing of, of number of different players. So, um, uh, here's like a German one. This is a Parisian Marsh. There's the Kaiser Volks. Okay. Yeah. That's a bit quiet. It starts off quiet, but yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Then you got like all your for Austro-Hungarian stuff. You've got a fair amount of Hungarian things, you know. This is a Hungarian dance numbers four and F sharp. I reckon this is kind of this is why hung, this is why Austro-Hungarian plays so badly. It's just terrible music. <laughs> okay, all right. Yep, 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 yep. Germany, Germany, you've also got the occasional bit of uh, bit of bit of fun Bavarian stuff. <laughs> I've just defended Munich. I've taken Burgundy and it's okay. On my way to Paris today. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so obviously France has got the La Marseille. But they've also got other things here, you know. Other things that sound very French. Yep, okay. Um, you got like a number of different Italian things like Figaro. <laughs> okay. So right. we've got some uh, Istanbul type of you know Turkish music. Okay, who else we got? Well, Russia? We got Russia there? Right? Oh, that's, that's Prussia. Um, Prussia. I think, I think, no, that's Prussia. So that's it. England, you've got like a you know, whole thing like, you know, the William Tell Overture and things like that. That's a bit slow for something. Now, what are we saying? Russia. Russia. Where's Russia? What's got Russia? The one I like about Russia, they've got a few Russians, but actually not too many. There's like the 1812 Overture, which was the game that the, the music I was playing all the time during my... Um, Is that Tchaikovsky here? Yeah. 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 Uh, they had other things too. Yeah, sure, okay. And this was all the... little lip there with the cannons. Oh, Italy. So... This is like a Sicilian thing. I had Figaro before. Anyway, you get the idea. <laughs> I think that's great. So there's actually like someone has made <laughs> it, and, and there, there are a number of other diplomacy playlists there, but I think I think the one that, that I mentioned there before 
uh, that was put together by uh, Barnaby Rowe, I think was particularly good. So, um, good on you, Barnaby. Thank you, Barnaby, for your another another example of someone being creative and creating sharing, great love for the game. and the love. Work. How good is that? Um, I wonder if anyone's ever done, like, music from all of the neutral supply centres. Ooh. Serbian music, Romanian music, <laughs> Greek music. So you play the music, when you, music when you capture the supply <laughs> yeah, centre. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you plant, you, you dot and that. Like, <laughs> oh, oh, whoever, you know, a famous composer from Norway or whoever. That's really good. That's really good. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Look, I think we're getting pretty close to wrapping the episode. I, I, I do want to yep. kind of make mention before we wrap up, um, a big thank you to Laurie Edwards. Laurie has joined us on Patreon. So, um, Hey, Laurie. Good on you, Laurie. Cheers. Cheers. This one's from you. Kind of. <laughs> it's on a Slightly. Yep. <laughs> it's all part of the pot. Um, so, again, if you'd like to um, contribute to the show, a um, couple of bucks or more, would always be greatly appreciated and you can nominate as to whether it goes to drinks or it goes to audio equipment yep well hosting or something else that comes out of my my pocket yep but uh at the moment everyone who kind of actually says yeah put it into the alcohol (laughs) um and we'll Um, we'll have a chat around our patreon with our patreon exclusive um around whether or not laurie's nominated to be a member of cabinet Oh yeah, I think I think he 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 was he, he kind of was one dollar off a month from getting a, a cabinet position. So oh, okay, maybe a um, maybe he doesn't have faith. Maybe he doesn't have secretary. faith in your your presidential bid. <laughs> either way, either way, um, just go to patreon.com slash diplomacy games if you're interested. Do you know we've got over six hours of bonus content there now? Really, exclusive bonus shit. Oh shit. Okay. Most yep. of it, as we've said before, is recorded after the normal episode, so we're... We're even more drunk. We're even more drunk. But, hey, it's fun. And you it's know. talking about the game you love. Honestly, you can probably actually just... I don't know if it works, but you can probably just chuck in the two bucks, binge on six hours, and then fuck off again. <laughs> oh, who knows? Who knows? But hopefully you kind of stay in the long haul because you actually like the show and you kind of vaguely like the game and well you want to support the hobby you know I mean the hobby is it's a hobby and we love I love talking about diplomacy I know you love talking about diplomacy I love a lot about this game you know so much about it is um, you know it mirrors life in many ways I find it does and so for me you know supporting the creators out there I think is a you know is a worthy cause because it helps it just helps enliven the hobby. Indeed, and by does. enlivening the hobby, um, you know, it, everyone gains. And I love to, you know, I love to listen to all of the content creators' work and read their work. All of those people that you've linked um, in the show notes that we spoke about today in the media wars. You know, yep. there's yep. just so much out there. And I just, you know, Barnaby wrote at the tail end. Great. Right. You know, just a little thing like that. It's just Absolutely. Beautiful. So, thanks everybody. Cheers. I'm Kana. I'm Ambi. And you have a great night or morning, wherever you're listening. See ya. Bye. Cheers. Alright, and this is an adjunct, because there was something vital that you forgot to talk about. Hey.
There's actually a couple of things I just realised <laughs> that we didn't talk about. Yeah. So we've just kind of you, you, we've listened to the normal show. We then recorded and spent a shitload of time. I don't know about 20, 30 minutes, probably about thirty minutes on Talking a Patreon episode, yeah. drinking more and more alcohol. Yep. So if we sound a little bit more shickered, that's, that's why. Yes. And then there's like you 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 raised a good point that I totally forgotten about. And then there was something else that I'd totally forgotten about. Okay, all right. Chain of events. So, Alliance game. Alliance. No, it wasn't Alliance game. No, I was no, proposing but, but, but on VDIC. Declaration of War game a or whatever. Declaration yeah, yeah. of War variant. Right. How does so, it work? So, the way this would work, classic, just, just okay, simplicity sake, classic board. Yep. But the rules are you can't just stab someone unless you do the gentlemanly thing beforehand and declare war on them. Oh, okay. So in spring 901, you're Italy, I'm Austria. Okay. And neither of us can just go sneaky, sneaky into each other's supply centres because we're fucked off. So Italy can't sneak into... um, Trieste. Trieste. Unless it formally declares war in spring and then... or autumn or fall, it can then move in. Okay, but you have but to mind declare you, by the... then, the Austrians know that you're going to come and get them. Right, so, okay, all right, so, right. Does that count for just supply centres or does it count for, you know, Tyrolia, which is genuinely, generally considered to be an Austrian territory so, if Italy was to move to it? Yeah, so there's been a bit of a discussion around that on the forum around how that kind of would adjudicate right I think at the moment I've kind of casually put my I came up with I suggested it but there's been like almost enough people to put together two games so about 14 players or whatever oh bravo yep fucking surprised about that um, where if if based on that I think we'll probably need is you'd actually need a GM to adjudicate what the rules are but we need to probably just nut out what the rules are ah, so yeah if you if um, let's say you're Germany and I'm Austrian. Yep. You go to Munich to Tyrolia. I go Vienna to Tyrolia. But we agree then in advance. If we actually... Does it have to be declared? If we declare that we are going to bounce in Tyrolia, then that makes it okay. Uh-huh. The trouble we'd have with this kind of concept is if someone says something but doesn't follow through. And Austria ends up moving to Tyrolia... Which is okay, but what happens if Germany moves into Tyrolia? So all those type of well, intricacies then the need Austrian, to happen. Well, the Austrian, yeah. But the other issue well, was not war then, but it was an agreed bounce. One side didn't agree to the bounce, That's so right, no, yeah. no harm. Germany's still not at war with Austria, but so Germany by default then owns Tyrolia. Now owns Tyrolia, yeah. But the other question that was was posed is like, if if that wasn't agreed. And Germany just moved to Tyrolia, well, but that doesn't be... announce it because there's no supply centres. Is that yeah. breaking the you know breaking the international law, or do they need to declare war theoretically because it's actually part of the considered part of Austria? Can, yeah. yeah, the part of Austria okay. could. Okay, so here. And then, how do you deal with neutrals? Well, here. Okay, let's throw another one into it. Yes. Germany and Italy agree to bounce in Tyrolia and Austria agrees, uh, disagrees with that occurring. Does Austria then enter into war against Germany and Italy? So this comes down to the idea of whether there needs to be territorial integrity amongst 
Austria. So in which well, case, yeah. Tyrolia is starts red as Austrian as Austrian. Therefore, it's Austrian. Therefore, the only way that either um, a bounce could happen, and this is this is where like okay, so it's just if Germany and Italy agree to bounce in Tyrolia, yeah. does that mean that Austria's by default they've declared war on Austria? Uh, what if Austria disagrees with what them happens if Austria to do says that? that's okay? Well then, and then Italy doesn't, and Germany moves to Tyrolia and gets it. It's a fucking mess. Why do I suggest this? This is a mess, man. Okay, so so that sort of stuff needs to be clarified mm. before there can be any sort of. I love the idea, but just needs some clarification. Yeah, and honestly, it's actually been interesting because. Oh, I think it was rough, rough house that came came up with the um, the Game of Thrones analogies for all the players. Remember? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. And I was, um, uh, oh, fuck, which Baratheon was it? The I was Renly. No, I was Renly. No, you were Renly. Who yeah, was yeah, I? Like? Yeah, yeah. I was fucking. Yeah, I was that. That. Yeah, I was one of those. Um... Yeah. But I think I think yeah, his yeah. analogy was that with Renly Baratheon with myself is like lots of energy at the start couldn't be bothered ruling, <laughs> and this is the same type of thing where I came up with this concept, put it out there, and all of a sudden, like I get busy with shit, turn up and it's like fourteen players ready to play the game, and they're all having a fucking big fight around <laughs> how the rules how the rules are going to work. It's like <laughs> fuck, I'm, an, I'm I just too many posts. Question. I can't read this shit. <laughs> Yeah, so what are you going to do? Obviously first off, I'm going to probably... First off, I'll probably sober up and then I'll have a look at it <laughs> have in a cold hard light a day yeah. and, and work out what the fuck I'm doing. Um, so speaking of which, the other thing that we didn't really talk about, remember the, the... How come you haven't played any Cloak & Dagger games? I have. Really? Yep. Oh, okay. Good for you. Um, so at the moment, I'm in the next Cloak & Dagger game because I got basically killed off in the last one, which... Was yeah, I'm called. not going anywhere near that new modern Europe one variant. Yeah, because I'm in that one, which is the... Okay, so apologies for <laughs> listeners, a little bit graphic. Full frontal scrotal lobotomy. <laughs> I love the names. Yeah, which country? Oh, is it, it's anonymous though, right? Um, yes, it is anonymous. Maester Lewin. Faithful friend does far more than he's appreciated for until he's not around. That's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so at the moment I'm this country. Oh, yeah, that's not a bad start. Not a bad one. Like, there's definitely ones that can get shafted faster and quicker and more horribly than that one. So I've had okay, one... Yep. I've had... Um, it's been an interesting experience where one... One player I started working with very, very well. Mm-hmm. We came up to a great agreement. Mm-hmm. And then he fucking stabbed me and took a supply centre. Well, then it's all out. Like, that's, you know... Yes, but since then he's been, like, actually quite conciliatory because I said, Ah, oh, look, oh, okay. these things happen, blah, 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 blah. How about you keep that one and you help me into some other supply centres later? And he's like, yeah, that's cool. And he's, so far he's done that. But the main reason I only said that was because two other fuckers deceived me. And I'll be honest with you, Kana. I was very disappointed in their communication. Okay. Yeah. One, 
straight out lied to me. Heavens forbid, diplomacy plays lying. Well, no, I mean, and secondly, I'm two two minds around lying for diplomacy. And secondly, so this is on a particular flank. And then another player was, um, you just couldn't nail him down. Like, you'd say, oh, how about we do X, Y, Z? And he'd go, oh, blah, 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 blah. You would then go, okay, look, I'm doing X, Y, Z. Sign up and just fucking deal with it. Deal with it. You'd do X, Y, Z, and then he wouldn't follow through. And then he'd complain that I didn't do X, Y, Z. And I'd go... And this just became a... I was going to say cellicular. Circular. 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 (laughs) Guys, this is what you get with the Patreon episodes if you sign up with fucking Smash. Um... This circular argument where he kept saying, Well, you didn't say this. I go, I didn't say that. So I just fucking disengaged. Okay, um, so players like that need to be attacked. Just Well, that's what I'm doing at the time. moment. It's just like, No, fuck you. Okay. And that's right, where yeah. the other player who took the supply center off me, I'm trying to encourage him to go take a supply center off him. Um, the other players around me on my other flanks have so far been good. You know what I mean? They haven't attacked me. I've helped them, but they haven't helped me yet. Uh, I've kept out of their hair. Um, we've come to agreements where maybe notionally um, a certain SC belongs to me based on the opening of modern Europe. But I've actually said, hey, you take this one and this one, and then fuck off. No, fuck off. Then you, you go um, elsewhere. You go yeah. elsewhere, and, and, and that player has done so. Okay, that's... So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, and this other player here has been pretty cool too. Yeah, and yeah. that one down there has been cool too. Yeah. Um, so, at the moment, it's been an interesting experience where you've got some players who've done what they've said they're going to do, mm-hmm. and others who haven't, and then others who haven't, and then kissed and made up. But this is the whole nature of these cloak and dagger games. Generally, the players are so stabby stabby and I learnt that the last time around the cloak and dagger ones yeah so um, I'm keen I do enjoy those that G-Men's tour you know I haven't I haven't engaged in it a while but I keep on getting invitations for it yep. I'm just waiting for a, uh, a variant that I'm, I'm a bit more familiar with um, you'd like a bit of known world 901 yeah that'd be nice but the um, yeah that one I just had a terrible that that modern world one that yep. modern Europe I just had a terrible, terrible experience with that on a when it came out. Essentially, yep. You know, like there was just literally nothing I could have done to save my bacon. A player, you know, and it, it's a relatively unbalanced variant, honestly. Um, some so, players start out really well, you know, and you know, swallow up their smaller neighbours pretty quick. If you pull a smaller neighbour, there's nothing you can do about it. So it's a bit of a luck of the draw on that area. Mm. The one thing I find interesting is... Um, this particular player here, who was the one that created me some issues... Yeah. ...has suggested that I use this unit 
to convoy into here. And I'm, I'm kind of tempted. Ooh. Yeah. Now that would be some really cool... Can you can you get that happening? Like, well, I've suggested to this player, hey, what do you reckon? Could that be a bit of fun? Old mate probably want to do it himself. Yeah, he probably does. But he could still do that summer shit. Because he could do it with that one, and I can do it with these ones. It could be a dual hit. Yeah. Yeah, but does that... Does that well, one of them will land, guaranteed, without yeah. any supports. Um, it's like a left hook, right hook, all yeah. at once. Yeah, I think I can do it. <laughs> the other thing that I'm, I'm actually surprised at is actually for once, I second-guessed it, second-guessed it, second-guessed second <laughs> the tactical moves in a scenario. So, this player, yeah. sorry folks, this makes no fucking sense when you listen to it as an audio format. And anyway, it's anonymous. You're not allowed to learn it. Fuck. You're not allowed to know anyway. <laughs> this player up here, who's over here in this shitty little country yeah, or territory. Bloody territory, yeah. Yep. I kind of managed to get into that shitty territory, but second guessed that he was going to move here, so I kind of deliberately moved there expecting a bounce, which is going to have a forced disband. Well, that, that comes down to the issue of luck in the game. No, I think it's just, just you know, good diplomacy tactics and, and oh, play. I mean, I mean, there's tactics, right? But let's say, let's say, okay, let's say you've got an, you've got a, you're a turkey. And yep. you've got a fleet in um, the Ionian Sea, right? Yeah. And you could move either to Naples or Tunis. China. Or right. Albania. No, or no, Greece. No, no, no. This is autumn. Autumn moves. And Italy has a fleet... Which country are you? You're Turkey. Where are you? You're in the Ionian Sea. But, but you... You've that would Greece. be spring. No, no. Like, at any point. This is this is just like a sandbox. Oh, okay, okay. Experiment. Good. In your yeah, mind. Yeah. A thought experiment. Okay, good. Right. You're in the Ionian Sea. You've got a fleet there. Obviously. Yes. Right. Naples and Turkey are vacant. They're both owned by Italy. What do you say, Turkey? What do you mean by Turkey? You mean Tunis? Tunis? Yeah. Yeah, you're pissed too now. I am, yeah. <laughs> now, Italy, Italy has a fleet in the Tyrrhenian Sea. Italy has a fleet in the Tyrrhenian Sea. Yep. Yep. And that's the only unit that's adjacent to Naples or Tunis, right? Your Turkey, do you move to take Naples or do you move to take Tunis? Given it's a 50-50 chance that you're going to hit one of those supply centres. Italy also has to guess, are you going to move to Naples or are you going to move to Tunis? What's happening in the Aegean, in the Eastern Med or the Adriatic? That's all irrelevant. No, it's not. What happens if maybe Aegean and Eastern Med tap Ionian? No, no one's in the Aegean. No one's in the Eastern Med. Is it spring or autumn? It's autumn. Fall. Yep. So, not, so there's no way that Italy can cover... This is for the win, by the way. This is the win. This is for the win. Turkey needs to take one supply so Turkey centre. <laughs> Turkey has managed center. to pick up yep. supply centres all through Russia, yep. Germany, England. It just hasn't yet 
He needs one supply centre. Hasn't center. taken any supply centres off Italy yet. He needs one supply centre okay. for the win. It needs either Naples or Tunis. I have a, I have a, I have a view. Do you okay. have a view? Well, I know where I would move to if I was Turkey. Where would you move to? If I was Turkey, yep. I would move to Apulia. Apulia? Yeah. Okay. Alright. You wouldn't take that 50-50 shot at the win. Oh... So is this a, a fleet move or can I con- convoy? Fleet move. Fleet oh, okay. move. Purely okay, a different fleet, story. Fleet so move. if it was an army move, I'd definitely convoy into Apulia. Yep, no, it's a pure fleet move. Okay, Naples. I'd go for Tunis. <laughs> Why if was it's just the one supply centre? Naples gives you... So, you... so I'm going to Naples because of potential growth expansion. Yeah, no, but it's for the win. But you're thinking... He's going to cover his homeland rather than some shitty... Psychologically, I reckon a player's going to cover their homeland, their home centre builds, more than they're going to cover an external neutral. Actually, now I think about it, I think you're right. So, having thinking that, right, is that player going to second-guess me? He's going to, Am I going to... He's going to triple-guess you or double-guess you? He's going to double-guess me and move back to Tunis, bounce me, and get the build in, you know, like they say, down one build. He gets a build in uh, Naples and then you fuck. Naples you're fucked. Mm. Right. So this is for the win. It's a 50-50 chance. Then you're sneaking into Tyrrhenian Sea again. Yeah, now that's the other one. Like, yeah, do you prolong that? Do you just prolong the, the, prolong the fight and just go, fuck it, I'm going to just keep going? Yeah. But if it's for the win, one supply centre, 50-50 chance, do you go for Naples or Tunis? I reckon you just keep pushing your fleet out through the Tyrrhenian Sea and, and grab your last supply chain you need in Of France Liverpool. or something, you know, yeah. yeah. Or Brest. Anyway, it's just a thought experiment. There is luck involved in the game. Maybe we that's, can do this when we have, our, when we have our bottle lines. <laughs> but if you want to know more about that, you have to sign up for the Patreon account, two bucks. It's um, awesome. All right, guys. I'm Kana. I'm Amy. We are both totally out of alcohol, as you can tell by the chink. Thank you for listening, guys. And if you are one of the uh, Harry Turtle Dove fans who actually stuck all the way through the end... Yeah, well done. Fuck it. We we love you, dudes. Just just jump in. Check us out. Check out out the game of diplomacy. I think you'd really enjoy it. If you're into writing or if you're into alternative histories... I think this is probably like a real avenue to just like there's stuff out there that you may not have explored before and there's Absolutely. a lot of there's a lot of interest there so. and you can always subscribe to the show if you're uh, listening on Apple Podcasts just obviously look for Diplomacy Games on your Stitcher or Google Play look for us there yes and of course follow the show notes through to all these different platforms to be able to play the game and see what wonderful backstabbery is available for you Cheers, guys. See ya. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.